1: And I think, symbolically, at the very end of our lives, if we can still say, you know, we were never humbled, we were knocked down, but we got up, and I can say I lived life with integrity and I took all the blows and I still prevailed, I think that's a good epitaph for anyone. I also realize that you can't be alone. To really succeed, no man really is an island, and I think, personally speaking, that's happened to me too. When when you find the right components in your life, the right people that gel with you, then you feel as though you're invincible. It may be a fallacy, but you at least feel as though you can you can take all that life has to dish out. That had like hundred and six dollars in the bank and like I said I had to sell my dog and things were not looking very very good uh, my $40 car had just blown up so I was taking a bus to work and still it, it didn't matter I wanted to stick with it this guy as a young man had a dream a dream to become a big movie star to come to uh, Hollywood and to become a great director and producer and a writer and all those kind of dreams he had of course everyone told him it can't be done But, you know, he wouldn't take no for an answer, and he moved across from New York to Los Angeles to Hollywood. And of course, one day, after struggling, like we all do in the beginning, to get into TV and into movies, he had this idea of writing a script. And in longhand, he wrote this script, which was Rocky. The rest is history. I truly believe, and people throw the word around, dreams. It's all all about dreams. You know, and by the way, dreams cost nothing. They're free. Uh, the hard part is just keeping them going and please keep them going because we're here for one simple reason. He believed in the dream, I believed in the dream and our dreams come true and there's no reason every one of yours can't either. You used to sit in this little apartment and it was a room, as a matter of fact the room was so small. I remember I was able to open up the window and close the door while sitting on the bed at the same time. It was like eight feet by <laughs> eight feet by nine feet. But, the one thing about that room, there was really very little distraction. So I would sit there, propped up in bed, and I'd go out with my big pen and, and legal pad and just start writing these stories. And most of them were, were, were very, very trivial. There was something about the process of unrealized dreams. I was always brought back to this subject because I think it's one of the most enduring subjects and one of the most difficult passages for people to accept that they are never were realized in their own lifetime that they just didn't get that shot. So I decided it was a time to come to California. So I went to California and I moved in the valley and things weren't going very, very well there. As a matter of fact, I had to cry to sell my dog because he was either uh, do that or he just was not going to be very well fed around the house. And then one night, I went to see uh, Muhammad Ali fight Chuck Chukwap. For one brief moment, this supposed stumble bump Turned out to be magnificent in the fact that he lasted and knocked the champion down. I said, "Boy, if this isn't a metaphor for life, his entire life crystallized at that moment. He will be remembered for all eternity, at least uh, uh, among the fight fans. He did something extraordinary. Now that—that that is probably what I need as a catalyst for an idea. A man who's going to stand up to life, and take one shot, and maybe go the distance. So I started to write. I first met." Uh, Bob Shardoff and Erwin Winkler, and I believe I was there on on a, a, a casting call. So we're talking a little bit, and I guess I really wasn't right for the acting part. And on the way out, I said, "Oh, I don't know if it matters, but I do a little bit of writing." He goes, "Really?" I said, "Well." He goes, "Well, bring it around." I thought, if I hadn't stopped on the way out, you know, that's why I tell all actors, don't give up, keep talking. Eventually, you might hit a nerve somewhere, and they go, "Ah, come on back and." If they didn't say, come on back or bring it later and let's see what you've developed, I wouldn't be sitting here. So I have to give incredible credit to their uh, to their insight and their patience, and they're willing to take a chance, which um, it doesn't exist much anymore, unfortunately. Originally, when I brought the script to them, they were fairly enthusiastic about it. The one thing they were not enthusiastic about was me playing the part.
0: The story about you not
1: giving them the script without agreeing to you starring in it. That, that right. is true. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was uh, just a, a, one of those crossroads situations that every artist faces early on. Go left, go right, and if you make the wrong decision, it, you sometimes regret it forever, and I just knew. I wasn't a very good student, but I decided I always liked understood dialogue whatever so i wrote something that i know i could do that i could feel good with and that really. could show everything that is possible in, in my repertoire it was one of those things where you really roll the dice and, and it paid off but it was uh, a big long shot but there was something inside of me that that you know this opportunity is never going to come around and i really wasn't used to money and i had no idea of what i would be missing but the temptation started to come forward. First, it was uh, twenty-five grand and $100,000. I, well, I never heard of 100000 because I had had like $106 in the bank. And like I said, I had to sell my dog. And things were not looking very, very good. Uh, my $40 car had just blown up, so I was taking a bus to work. And still, it, it didn't matter. I wanted to stick with it. Then it went up to $150,000, 175000 it went up to 250000 Now my head was starting to spin. And I thought, all right, you know, You've really managed poverty very well. You've got this down to a science. You really don't need much to live on. I had, I had like, sort of figured it out, so I was not in any way uh, used to to the good life. I know in the back of my mind, if I sell the script and it does very, very well, I'm going to be very, very upset. So this is one of those things where you just roll the dice and you fly by the proverbial seat of your pants. And say, All right, I got to try it. I got to just it i may be totally wrong and i'm going to be taking a lot of people down with me but i just believe in it i had to teach myself early on expect to fail expect it covet it welcome it it's going to happen but don't it's not a permanent state the most valuable thing you might have in your life you really don't pay attention to especially when you're young because you just feel you have an abundance of it it's never ending time And as you get older, you realize time becomes your currency. When you realize there's less runway up ahead than behind, you sometimes learn that too late. So I'm telling you people that you really have to be very, very, very stingy with your time. Don't waste it on people that aren't like-minded. Don't waste it doing things that you know are not part of your dream plan. Don't waste time being bitter, which I know I've been argumentative. I understand the meaning of hate, because in the end, it just wastes your most valuable asset, time. We basically are in a movie from the time we're born. And then when you get to be around 18, 20, you're now the director of your movie, which is called Life. And I ask you, knowing that if you were in a movie of your own making, would you be proud of the part you're playing? I certainly wasn't. And I took drastic steps to to change all that. The point being, if you're producing this film called You, make it the way you want to make it.
0: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app.